Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Hey, what's up everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another exciting show of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and today is my week six recap, week seven preview. Can you guys believe that we've already made it through six weeks of the college football season? It really has felt like it just flown by. And it, they've been some great games up to this point, and I'm really excited for week seven action. So let's dive right in here. And I'll start this episode off by recapping my week six locks for the week within the Power Five conferences. This week, I went four and one. Overall, my total is 25 and five. So 25 correct picks compared to five incorrect picks which brings my total to 83% accuracy through week six. And if we take a look at my week six recap, I had in the ACC, UNC over Georgia Tech. UNC beat Georgia Tech, no problem, by a score of 38 to 22. UNC is now three and three and two and one in the conference, and that's a great start for UNC and Mac Brown. And I'm sure Mac Brown was dancing after this win over Georgia Tech. Great win for the UNC Tar Heels. And again, it's a start that I didn't expect to happen for UNC. So great start to the first half of the season. Let's see if these guys can keep up the momentum the rest of the way. In the Big Ten, I had Penn State over Purdue. Now, if you listen to my previous podcast from uh, last week, I had said in that podcast that Penn State should handle Purdue no problem. It'll be no contest for the Penn State Nittany Lions, which was the case Penn State beat Purdue by a score of 35-7. to Purdue, if you can believe it or not, had negative 19 yards rushing. So that is not a good day of running the football if you are a Purdue Boilermaker. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. Negative 19 yards rushing. Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, he went 20-for-29, throwing for 264 yards through the air and three touchdowns. So another solid performance for Sean Clifford. And Penn State's defense, they were playing like gangbusters in this game. They had 10 total sacks in this game and 13 tackle for losses. So Penn State has shown to be a consistent team out of the Big Ten this year. I mean, I feel like I'm not hearing much noise from Penn State, or I'm not hearing much uh, spoken about about this program, but Penn State is quietly making a name for themselves this, this season, and they are definitely a team you have to consider out of the Big Ten East this year next to Ohio State, and that'll be a, a fun matchup this year when, they, when the two teams play each other on November 23rd. And then in the Big 12, I had Texas over West Virginia. Texas got the victory over the Mountaineers by a score of 42-31. to West Virginia had 367 yards passing in this game. However, quarterback Austin Kendall, he threw four interceptions, so that kind of took West Virginia out of the game. They were in this game for moments, but four interceptions is not good, my friends, and it hurt you, and it hurt West Virginia in this game. But nonetheless, I got the victory in the Big 12. In the Pac-12, I did see a loss. I had UCLA over Oregon State. However, Oregon State ended up beating UCLA by a score of 48-31. to And this was a matchup between two teams that only had one win on the season uh, thus far. And so Oregon State got the victory, and UCLA will have to battle it out next week to see if they can get a second victory. 
but it seems unlikely. In the SEC, I had Georgia over Tennessee. Georgia beat the brakes off of Tennessee by a score of 43-14. to And I said it last week, this one was going to be ugly if you're a Tennessee fan. And I think it's just going to be an ugly season. I mean, it's already been pretty dismal. The situation's been really bleak out there in Knoxville. But I'm hoping that Tennessee can have a revenge tour-like season next year. So we'll see, you know, what they can do the rest of the way this season. And next season, it would be kind of cool to see Tennessee restore the roar down there in Knoxville. So we'll see what happens. In this game, Bulldogs quarterback Jake Fromm, he went 24 for 29 with 288 yards through the air and two touchdowns. So another great performance for Jake Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs. So those were my week six locks within the Power Five conferences. I went four and one, and overall, I am 25 and five. I now want to preview my week seven locks for this week's action within the Power Five conferences. In the ACC, I'm taking number 20 UVA over Miami. Miami has been awful this season. I am, am embarrassed to say that I had them winning the Coastal this year. You know, I've lost all confidence in this team and in Manny Diaz right now. And because of that reason, I'm picking Virginia to beat Miami. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Michigan over Illinois. This is another program that has not lived up to what I, where I would have expected them to be at this season. Lovey Smith has had a few seasons already at the helm at U of I, and I thought maybe this would be the year that he puts it together, but I don't think they're going to put it together in this game against Michigan. Illinois is looking really bad, and I think Michigan will get this victory over Illinois. In the Big 12, I'm taking Baylor over Texas Tech. I've been very impressed with Matt Rule and his Baylor Bears. Baylor, they are 5-0 and right now, and they are scoring the 19th most points in FBS while also limiting its opponents to 15.4 points per game, which is best for 15th in all of FBS. So Baylor is looking legit. This is another program that I don't know that people are really talking about right now. You know, you know about Oklahoma, you know about Texas in the Big 12. Those are kind of the, the lead dogs in that conference. But Baylor is right there at 5-0. and And, you know, don't sleep on the Baylor Bears. Seriously. I think they're going to be a team that you're going to have to keep your eyes on the rest of the way. This second half of the season, we'll see what Baylor can do. And who knows, they may be able to sneak up on some teams here. It wouldn't be far-fetched to say that they could win the Big 12. I mean, they're looking really great right now, and anything could happen the rest of the way here. In the Pac-12, I'm taking Utah over Oregon State. That's a no-brainer. And in the SEC, I'm taking Georgia over South Carolina. So let me run my Week 7 locks back one more time. In the ACC, Virginia over Miami. In the Big 10, Michigan over Illinois. In the Big 12, Baylor over Texas Tech. In the Pac-12, Utah over Oregon State, and then the SEC, Georgia over South Carolina. Now, real quick here, if we look at the games from Week 6 action, I just want to recap some of those top games from this past weekend. We had Virginia Tech versus Miami. Virginia Tech got the win 42-35. to And I picked Miami to win this game, and I was disappointed that the Hurricanes couldn't get the victory. My family and I were actually down in Miami, uh, Miami Beach area this past week for a little vacation, a little R&R just a little unplugging from social media and the real world, to be honest. Uh, we had a great time, and you know, I saw some Miami fans out in, in Miami Beach. I saw some Virginia Tech fans out there as well. 
So people were just having a good time during the week. And then Saturday, my family actually had to leave to go back to Philly. So I didn't get a chance to pop over there at the Hard Rock. Uh, is it the Hard Rock Casino Stadium? I didn't get a chance to go there. Um, but uh, Miami got the loss, uh, 42-35. to And Miami actually had an opportunity to win this game. Miami had 563 total yards of offense in this game. But I've said it to you guys before in the past. Whenever you have turnovers, that equalizes the competition. And they had five turnovers. Miami had five turnovers in this game. Miami is also looking very undisciplined. They had 11 penalties in this game, totally 90 yards. So in a game as close as this one, the score is 42 to 35. Those turnovers make the difference. Those penalties make the difference. And you're just hurting yourself in the end, which is what happened this weekend at Miami versus Virginia Tech. You know, I I don't know why this team looks as bad as they do. And I honestly expected more from Manny Diaz this season. And I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Five turnovers, 11 penalties. You're not playing smart ball at all. And so... We'll see if Manny Diaz can turn it around. They get Virginia this weekend, but that's that's real bad. And then we had Pitt versus Duke. The score was 33-30. to Pitt ended up getting the victory here. Duke had six turnovers in this game. So again, a three-point margin here. And Duke had six turnovers. You're not going to win football with turning the ball over like that. Six times? I'm sorry, but you're not going to win football games turning the ball over that many times which was the case here. Then we had Baylor versus Kansas State. This was a matchup between two teams that actually have been playing pretty well uh, up to this part of the season. Chris Kleiman, the new head coach at Kansas State, he's been playing very well. His team has been playing very well. Uh, but Baylor got the victory 31-12. to Baylor's defense was really a focal point in this game. The Baylor Bears defense had six total sacks and 15 tackles for loss in this game. Baylor's junior defensive tackle, James Lynch, had three sacks on his own. So Baylor's defense is looking really stout now, and they're 5-0, and and they keep rolling. And so we'll see what they can do the rest of the way. Then we had Iowa versus Michigan. This was a 10-3 to uh, game, very gritty. Big Ten football, usually you see this in the winter, but they were playing this level of football in October. 10-3 to score, nothing really impressive there with that that score. Um, kind of boring game, probably. I didn't get to see any of this, but I'm sure it was a very boring game. Both teams had about 260 yards of total offense, but Iowa only rushed for one yard in this game. And Iowa is... They're known for running the ball. They've had some success doing that. Uh, In the past, a player that comes to my mind is Sean Green. Um, You know, he's a stud back in his time for the Hawkeyes. But one yard rushing in this game, that's that's bad. I mean, there's no other way around that. You're not going to win games rushing for one yard. Iowa also had eight total penalties in this game for 60 yards, and they had four turnovers. So this weekend seemed to be the case of the fumbles. For several of these teams that I've just mentioned, you know, in a game as close as this one was, it was very winnable. They lost it 10 to 3. So, so we'll see what Iowa can do the rest of the way. Fortunately, they play in the Big Ten West. So there's opportunities there for them to, you know, still kind of stay at the top of that division. 
it's wide open as so many other people have said it to be this year and what it looks like this year. So they'll still have some opportunities to potentially win that division, but that was a game that they kind of let get by them. And the score being 10 to 3, being so close as it was, you really you you hate those types of losses if you're an Iowa Hawkeyes fan. And so we'll see what they can do the rest of the way. Then we had Michigan State versus Ohio State. This was a, the big game of Saturday night. Ohio State continues its run of dominance over these teams that they've been playing. Michigan State is probably one of the more um, legit teams, I would say, uh, on another level compared to the, the competition Ohio State's played in the beginning part of the season. But still, Ohio State handled Michigan State no problem. They beat the Spartans by a score of 34-10. to 10. Ohio State had 529 yards of total offense, including 323 yards rushing. J.K. Dobbins rushed for 172 yards with one touchdown. Now, the thing I don't like to see, again, penalties and turnovers. So, Ohio State had 10 penalties in this game for 85 yards and two turnovers from the Buckeyes in this game. So, it didn't really hurt them in this game, but... If you're playing a team such as Penn State, those penalties and turnovers may cost you. And so we'll see what Ohio State can do the rest of the way. A lot of people are in love with Ohio State right now. They're number three in the AP poll. They're looking good. They're probably going to punch their ticket into the playoffs this year if they can stay on track. But we'll see what they can do the rest of the way. Thus far for the first half of the season, Ohio State has looked really impressive. They've looked like one of the more consistent more reliable teams within all of college football. Not only the Big Ten. All of college football, they've looked really, really good. They're a balanced team, and that offense is rolling. And Justin Fields looks great. And J.K. Dobbins is there, a beast in the backfield for Ohio State. So they're going to be tough competition the rest of the way out of the Big Ten. So I'm excited for them to get into better matchups. You know, Penn State, I said it a few times already on this podcast. I think Penn State may be their toughest competition remaining on the schedule. I think they play Wisconsin as well this season. So there'll be a few more opportunities to see Ohio State in situations that may tell us more about where this program really is at. Because blowout wins over Indiana doesn't really tell me anything, you know? So that's just my opinion. And, you know, blowout wins over Nebraska, that's not telling me anything either. So we'll see what Ohio State does the rest of the way. Then we had Cal versus Oregon. This game was very close. Uh, Oregon would get the victory 17-7. Both teams had too many penalties in this game. Oregon had 8 for 85 yards. They also had 3 turnovers. Cal had 11 penalties for 98 yards and 2 turnovers. So not a fun game to watch. And and I I don't like the penalties. I don't don't like the turnovers. Um, I've said it before. And so it really just, it equalizes the playing field, but then it also makes it a very slow, boring watch. So, And then the last game that really had my interest was Auburn versus Florida. And honestly, I was surprised that Florida got the victory against Auburn. Florida hasn't impressed me as much as I thought they would. I mean, they're, they were undefeated up to this point. And, you know, I thought this team had some, some huge holes Um and some things that they need to work on, and it appears that they've fixed those problems. Florida got the victory 24-13. It wasn't a good day for Auburn and their quarterback, Bo Nix, as the Gators' defense was able to pick him off three times during this game. Both teams had four total turnovers. So I think every game that I'd mentioned had significant turnovers. 
from either one or, or both of the teams. And so I don't know what was going on last weekend. I don't know why there are so many fumbles and interceptions, but you know, these are the games that really had my interest in week six and in week seven, I'm excited because there are some matchups that are going to be legit. There's, there's some quality games here in week seven. We're getting into the meat and potatoes of the conference schedule now. Like we're getting into it. And I'm excited for these matchups this weekend, and I want to just tell you a little bit about them. So we got Florida State versus Clemson in the ACC. This uh, this series meant something in the past. Now, not so much. Florida State is down, and it just doesn't uh, have the same feeling as it once did. The last time Florida State won a game against Clemson came back in 2014. All-time, Florida State holds a 20-12 to series lead. But like I said, Clemson has just dominated Florida State these past uh, five seasons. And it just, it hasn't been a fun watch. And I'm hoping that Florida State can get back to some level of relevance in the near future. But I'm not expecting much out of this game, to be honest. I mean, if Clemson plays the same way they did against UNC, Florida State has a shot to upset Clemson. But I think Clemson knows what it's what is at stake right now, and I know that this is uh, probably still a really important matchup for those players at Clemson. Just the history of Florida State, I don't think they're going to let this opportunity slip by them, and I don't think they're going to stumble in this game against Florida State. I really don't. And then we have Virginia versus Miami. Miami is nine and seven all time in its series against Virginia, but. They had a three-game win streak snapped last year by Virginia by the score of 16-13. to I think Virginia will handle Miami in this game. Um, Miami was a team that I thought would win the Coastal, but Virginia is looking pretty dominant, pretty solid, and I think they're going to beat Miami this year. So make that two in a row for Virginia. And then, of course, we have Oklahoma versus Texas. Each of the last five regular season meetings have been decided by seven points or less. Texas won for just the third time in the last nine years last season. So even when Texas was down, it's it's been competitive. It's been close. But UT just won for the third time in the last nine years, which is crazy because Texas used to be so good. And I think this game is going to be competitive. I mean, this is going to be the biggest test for Jalen Hurts and his Sooners thus far this season in the Red River rivalry. So I'm pumped for this game. I hope to go to this game at some point in my life. It seems like a great time at the Cotton Bowl, and I cannot wait to someday check it out. Then another game that has my eye is Penn State versus Iowa. Iowa has lost five straight against Penn State, if you can believe it or not. Um, And I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think Penn State is rolling, and it could potentially be a trap game for Penn State, but I think... If nothing else, it'll be a fun, close matchup. So I'm excited to see what happens and what plays out in that game. Because if Iowa can beat Penn State, that would be a solid victory for the, the Hawkeyes. But I I don't feel confident in that prediction. Then we have Michigan State versus Wisconsin. I think this will be a big test at home for the Wisconsin Badgers. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how that run game will perform against Michigan State's defense. And another thing I'm really curious about is if Michigan State can rebound after last week's beatdown from Ohio State. So I think this is a big game for both of these teams. And if Wisconsin can get it, that's a solid victory for the Badgers. And same goes for Michigan State. I mean, that's a quality game right here in the Big Ten. So I'm, I'm excited for that. 
Then we have Nebraska versus Minnesota. Nebraska's four and two, two and one, if you can believe it or not. Minnesota is five and zero, oh, and two and zero oh in the conference. So PJ Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. And so I really want to know who is for real out of the Big Ten West. And I think this may give me a little bit better indication of which team should be taken seriously. But, you know, Minnesota's rolling. And I've had friends on Twitter, uh, people that I follow on Twitter, tell me that Minnesota's going to go, they could easily go 10-0 and this year. And I laughed at them. But they're 5-0 and right now. So just, you know, five games to go and they can get there. So we'll see. You know, Big Ten West is is not the strongest it's been. And so I really want to know who is for real out of the Big Ten West. And we'll find out this week, Nebraska or Minnesota. Then we have in the Pac-12, Washington versus Arizona. This game is at home in Tucson. And the home team in this series has won eight out of the past nine matchups. So we'll see if Arizona can continue that streak. But uh, this should be a, a fun game nonetheless. And then in the in the SEC, Florida versus LSU. This is a big time game. I think College Game Day will be down there uh, for this game in Baton Rouge. But LSU has won six out of the last nine meetings with the Gators. But UF won last year by a score of twenty seven to nineteen. So, like I said, there, there's some serious matchups here. These are some big games in Week Seven, and we're getting into the meat of the schedules now. In, in the meat of the conference play. And I'm excited to see what will unfold for week seven. So those are some games that I'll be watching. And I hope you guys watch these games and tune in as well. Because they're, they're going to be fun this weekend. I guarantee you that. Now real quick before we get out of here. I just want to talk about my playoff tracker. And here are the teams within my playoff tracker for week seven. I have number five LSU. Now, last week, they blew out Utah State by a score of 42-6 in Week 6. This week, I just mentioned it, they faced number 7 Florida at home in Baton Rouge. I think game day is there, so it's going to be a rowdy scene down there in Louisiana. And I'm, I'm rolling with my playoff teams. These are the teams that I predicted to make it into the college football playoffs at the beginning of the season. So I'm probably going to be picking LSU to beat the Gators in that game. And then we have number 2 Clemson. They had a bye last week, which was probably much needed after the close one-point victory over UNC uh, in week f- in week five, and so they face three and two Florida State this weekend at home in South Carolina. So I'm I'm really putting my faith in Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, who you know these guys didn't have great performances in week five, but I'm hoping they rebound for week seven against this historically great matchup in the ACC against Florida State. In the Big 12, I have Oklahoma as my third team in the college football playoffs. They're number six in the AP poll right now. They beat Kansas by a score of 45 to 20 in week six. This weekend, they face number 11 Texas in the Cotton Bowl for the Red River rivalry. So that's going to be a fun matchup there. And then uh, my other team, which I have highlighted in red, is Utah. Now they lost to USC in like week four. I think it was. And so they actually moved up two spots in the AP poll for this week. So they're still they're still playing themselves into position to be considered, potentially. But they are number 15 at Utah, and they face Oregon State on the road in Corvallis this weekend. So I have them highlighted in red because I'm not as confident in their chances of making the playoffs. 
but they are a team that I had predicted to make the college football playoffs in the preseason, so I have to keep them on here. But my three other unbeatens are looking real good right now. That's number five, LSU, number two, Clemson, and number six, Oklahoma. So this will be a a really important weekend in week seven action, and we'll see who comes out unscathed after this weekend. So it should be a fun, fun weekend of college football. I just want to thank you guys for listening to the show. I hope you guys have enjoyed watching college football. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast because I enjoy putting it out there every week. And I cannot wait to watch football this weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon next week. So with that, I want to wish you guys a, a great week. Hope you enjoy college football this weekend. And I will talk to you again very, very soon. Take care, guys. So PJ Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickingsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.